Anthony, I just want total domination of one major American city. Is that just too much to ask for? You know, Ryan, I think we're finding out through this movie that, it, yes, it is a little bit much to ask for. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, and this is where I do the music. Yeah, yeah wait on the music. <laughs> Oh, wait, this video game music. The end. <laughs> hey, welcome to Let's Do a Podcast, the video game edition. <laughs> so, as you can tell by the title, we watched Double Dragon. And I know that we said we yeah, were going to play twice the dragon, twice the fun. Yeah. We were going to play it. We didn't. We failed. But we watched the movie. <laughs> hey, I, I have you ever played Double Dragon, though? Probably. Uh, the, the, the original? Yeah. That was like my jam like when I was a little kid. Back in the 80s, man. But before we get too much into the movie slash video game, it is time to talk about the beer. Beer. So. Brian, what? Oh. I'm getting you first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess it's my turn to talk about this beer. So we are drinking a barley wine, which I don't think we've done a barley wine on our podcast yet. I don't think we have. We usually do IPAs and stouts and maybe the occasional pilsner here and there. Yeah. So this one is from our friends over at Cowtown. Or no, sorry. Well, Cowtown and Panther Island, they did a collab together and made this uh, fantastic barley wine called... Gnarbeast. Gnarbeast. Oh, my God. Gnarbeast. I think the G is silent. Gnarbeast. Yeah. Reading it, I'm just like, I, I don't freaking know. And of course... Why do we... yeah, yes, it, it goes all the way around the can, so it's hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's a it's a really cool can. Of course, we'll post the picture up as we always do. Um, this last weekend, I did a trip over to our Fort Worth side, got stuff from Panther Island, and you know I, I'm not a huge barley wine fan. Uh, in general, barley wine is a sipping beer for me. Uh, again, it's a it's a sipping beer. I really haven't drank much of it. I like it though. It's a good it's a good one. Uh, it's a ten percent. Uh, no a uh, IBU. Um, the can, the can's really cool. I like the can a lot. I think they did a yeah. good job on that. So on the, it's got like a Minotaur on it, which is like that's like one of my favorite mythical beasts, the Minotaur. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really cool. They did a great job. Uh, so they said it has caramel, caramel malt, like aroma with dried fruit flavor, carrot, carrot. Oh my god, I'm struggling with words. Characteristics uh, brewed with our buddies over at Cowtown. Which Cowtown is one of those breweries we uh, we haven't had the opportunity to talk about, but it's like one of I've been there several times. Yeah, yeah, Cowtown's good. I I didn't go over there just because I have had their stuff. I was like, I want to get stuff from places I didn't have. But eventually, we will do an episode where we talk about them. So, Anthony, what's your thoughts on your, this barley wine? I know we're both not huge fans of barley wines, but I enjoy it. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It is boozy. <laughs> I will tell you that. It's got the distinctive taste of what you would expect. Um, so I I always compare barley wines to, it's got like some of the characteristics, and I can understand why they call it a barley wine. It's got some of the characteristics you would expect of a wine. Uh, some of those, some of that uh, flavoring in there. 
and some of the uh, kind of the uh, the the aftertaste that you get from wines, but it's definitely got those malty, that kind of strong maltiness uh, with those uh, kind of dark caramel flavors kind of hitting the palate afterwards. But it's like the booziness kind of takes over that. I mean, 10% ABV, you're going to feel it uh, after a few after a few sips. You're going to you're going to start feeling a little warm after drinking this. So this is a this is something you can drink when it starts uh, when it's either super early in the morning, as in like it's still like the night, and you don't know if it's transitioned to the morning yet, and it's kind of chilly outside. Or uh, uh, it's, uh, this is maybe uh, a, for a little nip uh, when after it's gotten dark. Uh, not summer beer drinking. No. But you know we're still in that transitional period where it's kind of it's kind of cool outside. I think it's okay for that. So yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty good though. It is good. I, I like it. It's a good barley wine. Um, again, I'll probably be sipping on this way past this podcast episode. Just yeah, a lot of water in between. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I wrote this down and I scribbled it out and I wrote it down again because you see, uh, I'm showing my writing my notes here and I like the first part of my notes here is all like junk. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, it's already like driving me crazy. I'm, uh, my writing may be crap, but my notes are usually very tidy and neat. And this is like, I'm going crazy here. But, uh, two brothers have one half of a powerful ancient Chinese talisman. An evil gang leader has the other half and is determined to get the brother's half and gain absolute power it's it's, it's like uh, this, this, I, I found it funny that the description of this movie was kind of a run-on sentence and it was like uh it looked it sounded like it was written by like a third grader uh trying to describe this movie it's like this is happening and this is happening and this is happening and then they're trying to do this and this thing is happening over here <laughs> when i was writing this I was like this kind of describes the movie but this is also like not the best grammar in the world yeah so this movie was made in 1994 and of course, the game yeah. came out first. Um, so they made the game. And they're like, "Hey, let's make a movie about this too." And it's it's really funny because it's supposed to be fifteen years into the future, but the I think even for a '94 movie, the clothing and the style is like older than the '94. Like, <laughs> yeah. the uh, so the, 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 there was some stuff about this movie that I found like really interesting and really cool, and there's other parts of this other stuff that was like not good at all. Uh, but the the, uh, the the futuristic part, I thought it was it's, it kind of shows this not it like for us this kind of retro punk uh, post apocalyptic thing going on yeah. in the city, New Angeles. But it's uh, it's almost like Mad Max meets like your shopping mall. Yeah, <laughs> is what it feels like. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I, I I thought that was really cool. This, uh, this movie was made around the same time frame that you had like your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action movies coming out. And I think everybody's chasing those video game dollars, those cartoon property dollars, because the uh, the Double Dragon had also so Double Dragon came out in '87. Uh, it's like a side scrolling like beat 'em up game. Uh, it's like one of the best Nintendo games ever. Uh, it, it doesn't get too much attention now because they haven't made too many of those recently. I think they made one. The last Double Dragon game was kind of a, a rehash of the original games back in 2012. Um, but the uh, but they they made these games. There's a cartoon at the time uh, that was uh, they made two seasons of. I remember watching that when I was a little kid. Uh, and so I think they're just like trying to chase those dollars and they weren't really worried about making it quality because they're like, Hey, this is for the kids. Yeah. So the kids will watch anything. So I think that's what they ended up doing with this movie. So not to give you too much of a view into my view of this movie, but 
they they weren't too worried about quality. They're just worried about pumping out that movie and getting it going. Uh, they got some. They got some big names on this movie though. They got yeah. the, the the bad guy from the Terminator, uh, Terminator Two, on there. So hey, yeah, it's funny that I was like, oh, I know a lot of these people. Yeah. Um. So do you think you can break down this movie in like five minutes? I don't know. We'll, we'll, I, five minutes might be a bit much for me to for me to hit all the relevant points here, but we'll see what we can do here. All right. All I'm right. I'm gonna give you so, five minutes. All right. I'm probably not up to the challenge, but all right. Start the clock now. Okay. So the year is 2007. So we're 13 years in the past for us here in the year 2020. The uh, the apocalypse has happened. Now Los Angeles is now New Angeles. Apparently, in the year 2000, there was a big earthquake. A bunch of people died. Uh, during the day, things are somewhat normal. You have uh, your normal kickboxing everyday tournaments. You have uh, midgets trying to keep buildings standing by uh, jacking up structures that people are staying in. Civil engineering is probably non-existent at this point. Uh, but at the night, gangs rove the streets. You have a curfew. Everyone has to go inside. And like, basically, if you're outside after dark, you're basically risking getting killed by these gangs, which we'll get into the gangs later. That's a whole thing. Uh, the, uh, things I found most interesting about this is that, uh, the, as, as I mentioned, the, the, the T, the guy that played the T-1000 in, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, he is the, uh, he's the bad guy. He's a, a, a character named Shuko. We basically lead with him. He's, uh, sent all these people out into this, uh, Chinese village somewhere in China to find this medallion. These monks are supposed to guard it do a terrible job at it because one of the monks basically leads the bad guys, these ninjas, to the um, amulet. And so they get it. Easy peasy. <laughs> and then there's like this assumption that you'll, uh, there's assumption by some of the other characters that you'll never find it. And they're like, oh, we already have it. It was super easy. Which I thought was kind of a, a funny thing, just like consistency within the movie. Uh, but anyways, uh, one of the things I found really interesting about this movie is its ability to predict the future. So one of the things they predicted for the year 2007 that I saw was frosted tips. Spike's hair with frosted tips. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's like uh, Shuko, Koga Shuko, the bad guy. He's like got like, he's got like this, uh, Robert Patrick who plays him. He's got like spiked flat top hair, which I had flat top back in, back in the nineties. Oh, so I, I, I rocked that hair. Yep. Same. Uh, but the, uh, the frosted tips, I was like frosted tips. 2007 they got it right so like double dragon called it and i used to wear that <laughs> yeah oh you you had frosted tips i did oh we have to find a picture and post it on the gram there Ooh, uh maybe not <laughs> <laughs> but so the other thing i found interesting is that i i feel like their prediction of the apocalypse in 2007 it's like very real now that we're in like our version of the apocalypse right now. I feel like it's somewhat realistic. It's like this slow moving, like uh, it's like it's not like huge change to society, but everybody everything's just kind of coping and trying to do what it would have done previously, right. and just kind of working around what has happened because like uh, like Los Angeles is now kind of this island surrounded by this river. It's kind of like falling off the mainland uh, where that you see and like always see in these movies where like Los Angeles always gets like pumped off into the ocean um so like people are still living there it's just that oh so so it's a real I've, what, what i was saying is it's uh it's a realistic representation 
interpretation of what I think the apocalypse would actually be if they hit Los Angeles. Uh, it's basically everything, everybody's isolated on this island, but they're like living their lives normally. It's, I, it's like the combination of Mad Max or Escape from New York and like your shopping mall, like your 1980s, 1990s shopping mall. It's just like a mesh of those two things. Yeah. Like mom's driving their and, and then you have the guys like driving, driving the gas truck uh, and like jumping from car to car and trying to kill each other. It's, it's like the weirdest like thing, like the the, the battle, the, like the battle vehicle that the brothers have in uh, Double Dragon. He wanted to say Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a, it's a station wagon with a jet on the back of it, yeah. right? It's like the bat. It's a uh, if Batman drove a station wagon, basically. So we meet, so I haven't even got to the main characters yet. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job at this. Oh yeah. So we meet the characters. They're at this kickboxing tournament. And it's uh, Jimmy, uh, was it Jimmy and, uh, is it Jimmy and Billy? So we meet the, 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 the brothers who are the double dragon. Well, they're not the double dragons, the double dragon. I thought the double dragons were the brothers, but they're actually the talismans in this movie. Uh, but we meet Jimmy and Billy Lee, and they are in this kickboxing tournament. And basically, Billy, like, screws up. He gets them disqualified. They're headed home. And it's after dark. It's after the, uh, the we, we get a little bit of exposition from our, uh, from newscasters. We always get that newscast exposition, and our newscasters are Vanna White as the, herself, and George Hamilton as himself, and then Weather by Andy Dick. I thought that was so weird that you have these people as themselves in this movie. Yeah. It's like this number one, they're pulling these cameos, and these are very 1990s cameos. Uh, as, even though I know who these people are, it's just like, well, why are these people newscasters and not like celebrities? Well, and so the other thing is uh, with Andy Dick playing himself, but I I don't remember if in 1994 if Andy Dick was like pop or famous at that point. Andy Dick's like, know. he's a known quantity now, but I don't know if he was a known quantity then, but he was himself as like the smog weathercaster guy. Anyways, uh, the, uh, they're driving, uh, the Lees are driving home with their, uh, with their adoptive mother, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Anyways, with with her with with their adopted mom, the lady who takes care of them, and they uh, Billy stops like, "Ooh, look, there's a lady who needs help." And the the guy basically the person stands up, pulls off the wig. It's a gang member. It was a trap. So they get stopped, and they get stopped by this gang called the Mohawks. Uh, basically, what the whole racket is, they they have to pay a toll, or they basically killed. So it's like fifty bucks. Uh, so, which I'm like 50 bucks I pay it just so I can get away from the gang right. they basically this that the other uh, we end up meeting Bo Abobo who's like this guy who can bench press 800 pounds and we find out like they have this little facto meter that you can uh, in the car you can punch a button you can meet like figure out who the gang leader is so and they, they end up uh, they end up like bolting, running away uh, they have a Mr. Fusion in the car, like from Back to the Future, where they chuck garbage into the jet engine, which again, why we never get any explanation for this except for it's like the year two thousand seven. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff future? like that that makes zero sense, but it's just a part of the movie. I get, yeah, we just have to take it at face value. So they're uh, in this car chase, uh, and uh, Jimmy has got this brilliant move to get away from them and it's to turn right instead of going straight. And that's how he like tries to get away. 
Of course, that doesn't work. The uh, the guy's like, oh, we lost them uh, in their in their big truck. They end up getting behind them and they get stuck in a uh, they end up getting stuck in an alley. The other guys, uh, uh, Bo Abobo and his friend, uh, I think it's like his name is Hawk or something like that. They get stuck. They end up getting out and they're about to beat down Billy and Jimmy when uh, we see a bunch of people hiding in the alley, random like some, for some reason. Uh, they they come out and they're base they basically are outnumbered. The gang are uh, the gang is so they they leave and uh, we meet Powercore and uh, Marion who is played by Alyssa Milano. So another another name that I am aware of, but like I'm like okay cool '90s movie we're seeing '90s actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing is they want the, them to join the Powercore. They're like no we're not going to join the Powercore. They go home. Uh, then we see uh, Bo Abobo uh, goes meet goes meet Shuko and his uh, his lackeys. His lackeys are Lash, the the lady we see in the first scene, who we thought who was the main head ninja, and then his two other henchmen who are named Huey and Lewis, which they only name them that for a Huey Lewis in the news joke later in the movie, yeah. which. I want a movie just about those two guys, honestly. They were like, uh, especially at the end, if you watch toward the end credits, those guys are freaking hilarious. Yeah. I want a Huey Lewis movie. But we uh, we get to that point there. Uh, basically, uh, we then go to Jimmy and Lee, uh, Jimmy Lee and Billy Lee. They get the story of the uh, amulet. They, they, they are just finally told, it's time for you to know about the amulet. They, uh, Satori, uh, their adopted mother, she has the uh, other half of this amulet, and uh, Shuko now has uh, the other one half. One half gives you the power of the soul, one other half gives you power, power of the body. Uh, power of the soul turns you into like the, the thin man, and you can like become a shadow and move around. The power of the body makes you invulnerable, I guess, but nobody knows how to use it. Yeah, that was not explained. Which, that's the whole thing. But... Uh, basically, the uh, we 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 kind of we kind of bounce back and forth between Shuko uh, talking to Bo Abobo after he's uh, basically trying uh, chastising him for not getting the uh, for not getting the amulet from uh, from the the boys. Uh, he, bas- he he tells him, "All right, we're gonna make you better. We're gonna put we're gonna basically put you in this machine that's gonna make you super strong, superhuman." And Bo's like, "Dude, I'm already superhuman." <laughs> he's like, "I can lift 800 pounds." I'm like. I'm like just this jacked huge guy, but they, they put him in this chair uh, they put him in this chair and you hear him screaming, fade the black. We go back and we see, uh, they live in the theater and we see that the theater starts getting attacked by Shuko and all the, all those other, hench, uh, his three other henchmen. And, uh, they start burning the place down and we see Bo come in and Bo is like this balloon animal now. Yeah. Which uh, he looks apparently he looks more like he does in the video games. Uh, I I tried to look into this because I was like, oh, they keep they keep using this henchman that you would thought would have been like a one time thing. You would have popped in for once and then you would have left. Uh, but he's not just some henchman. Apparently he's like a regular appearing reappearing character in the uh, Double Dragon series. Uh, he's always like this mini boss or uh, that's always fighting them. So. He ends up being like this weird monster that you would see in Spawn, in, in like the Spawn movies. Uh, but he gets beaten really easily because he is just like a one big muscle and he can't really move all that well. He, he can't like 
he, he's like he's like he's like so muscular that he can't like move his arms more than ninety degrees from his shoulders. So he like grabs stuff and he can like he can't like get his hands together. <laughs> so he ends up falling in uh, off on the side into like a net. Uh, and uh, basically during the course of things, Satori dies trying to fight Shuko. Uh, Shuko, by the way, terrible fighter. He gets like the crappy out of him. Like he gets punched. Yeah. And he just like falls that he's like he just can't do anything. He's got no skills whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the only thing he can do is like possess people's bodies. But even then he's bad at that. Um the the henchman, terrible. If if this were a competent villain, he would have taken out these people like no problem, like in two seconds. But he's not. So uh Satori gets killed, uh the building blows up, uh and uh the bad guys get away. Uh the boys are now out. Uh, they're basically trying to figure out uh, what to do next. Uh, the gangs now, though, are being organized by Shuko. Uh, they are now attacking people during the day. They go after the boys. They find out where they are uh, during the day, and we see all we see all these gangs that are typically out at night. We now see them during the day, and we can see what they are. We have a gang of disco guys. We have a gang of clowns. Or mine. Yeah. We have a gang of people dressed like Angus Young from uh, from ACDC, yeah. or like they're like dressed up like schoolboys. We have a gang of uh, bicycle bicycle people, uh, people on bicycles. We have a gang of people who are fans of crochet. I think they're one. They're one. They're the ones called the Maniacs, but yeah. they all wear like knitted cardigans uh, or like suits. Uh, we have a gang of postal workers. They're on like post, like one of the guys like jumps off the thing is like catch this and he like basically chucks himself and like splash on the ground uh, and then uh, we have the gang of jet ski guys which there's only three of those guys and so this all culminates in like this boat chase uh, they get into this boathouse uh, and they hop on the boat and they escape on the water and they this is where they get chased by the jet ski guys they crash into a sign. And the boat explodes, and I was like, oh, cool, movie's over. These guys died. There's no way they could have escaped from that explosion. Am I right? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But again, that's the thing with this movie. It doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Uh, so, uh, so apparently they jumped in the water, even though there's like no indication they jumped in the water. You see the thing runs to the sign and it explodes. So they jump, they jump in the water. Everybody's like, oh, they're dead. And they think they, everybody continues to think they're dead for like almost the remainder of the movie until like the very last fight. The, uh, this is, and this is where we, uh, this is where we get my favorite line in the movie where, uh, uh the, the henchmen come back to talk to, uh, Shuko and he's like, Huey, Lewis, what's the news? And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You named them. You, I, I went and checked the credits. I was like, are these guys really named Huey and Lewis? And literally, they are named Huey and Lewis. And I'm like, they named these characters specifically for that joke. It's like, there was a, they keep, uh, they, they were so dedicated to some of these, like, stupid jokes throughout the movie. Like, the whole Ugg and uh, Home yeah. uh, that you hear repeatedly, where, like, one is named Ugly and the other one's named Homely. It's like, what, 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 did you have any writers on this movie? Right. You have, like, jokes, and you just reuse them. Basically, this all leads to them going, they're like, okay, we're going to finally go to the power core. The power core wants to help them. So I'm like, why didn't they go there first? Uh, they they go, they hang out with Alyssa Milano and their base, or Marion, rather. 
and the they basically sneak into Shuko's building because Shuko apparently is like this super power. He runs the corporation again. They never really go too much into the fact that Shuko like runs this big business that's in charge of New Angeles because it never really factors into the plot except that he's like in a big office. Uh, it, I think it's just taken for granted because it's like every 1990s bad guy is like a super powerful CEO bad guy. Uh, they go in there. Uh, they're really bad at sneaking around. They're in these vents and they're like trying to get the other medallion off of his desk while he's uh, off of Shuko's desk while he's arguing with the chief of police, who is Marion slash Alyssa Milano's dad. And uh, one of the henchmen, Lash, she's standing there and she's like literally watching them with this pin trying to get the thing. And she just keeps watching them do it and does nothing until she finally grabs like a spear and like finally starts stabbing up into the vent. But she watches them do this like three times. She li- it literally, the camera shows her looking. Yeah. My focus is on her and she's looking at it. And I'm like, do something. Like, I know you're the bad guy, but do something about it. Don't be like the stupid 1990s architect of a freaking villain. Anyways, this leads to the big fight at the, uh, at, uh, where they, they have to, they have to fight and they have to escape. Uh, through the building, they get they end up getting back to the power cores hangout, and uh, Shuko ends up uh, fighting. Uh, uh, was, it, was it Jimmy gets captured? Billy goes back to power core. They're all sad. Uh, Jimmy comes back and he's like, they're like, oh Jimmy, you escaped, and but nope, it's Shuko, and he's in the body of uh, Jimmy. Uh, they fight. They eventually get. Shuko out of Jimmy's body and they're fighting together. They steal the, they get he gets the amulet, like both sides of the amulet, and so he becomes all powerful. But again, Shuko's stupid and he's a bad fighter. So they end up getting the amulet back because uh well he's like afraid of lights. He or he doesn't like the lights being turned on. So yeah. they turn the lights. He the amulet goes flying, they both get the amulet and they become the double dragons, finally. And so they, uh, since he's got no power, he's basically just a dude who's terrible at fighting already, but now he doesn't have any powers. They kick his ass. Uh, then they like, uh, get in his body and they make him like give money to the police, which that would be, they would lose that in court, like in two seconds. And, uh, he puts them, he gets himself under arrest and, uh, we end the movie with, uh, we end the movie with Bo Abobo driving them off in their rocket car. And then we see the argument between Huey and Lewis, which I thought was the best part of the movie. Yeah, it was a great one. They're like, very, they have signs that basically say they're henchmen for hire and they need work. Yeah. How was, how was I on time there? Uh, let's see. Let me do the math. Uh, about like 18 minutes over or 18 minutes total. <laughs> 18 minutes total. All right. Hey, better than usual. <laughs> um, I, I did skip over the I did skip over the part where they do a long focus shot on Alyssa Milano's ass as she's crawling into a vent. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Again, children's movie. So yeah, Ryan, did I miss anything on this movie? It seems like there was very much not there, there was not a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, there. So I try to look up like random facts about the movie, like the random because on uh. IMDb, they have like the trivia spots, and we pretty much talked about everything that was written down. So <laughs> I don't really have any extra random things to add to. Uh, you can look up the quotes too. Some of the quotes are actually pretty funny. Um, 
I mean, that's how I started actually this episode is just saying one of the quotes. Um, this is probably another good quote was Billy Lee says, my whole life just flashed before my eyes. And dude, I sleep a lot. Jimmy Lee says, are you crazy? We almost wrecked our car. I don't know. I thought that was kind of silly, even though it was stupid, too. Um, uh, truthfully, I don't know how much more I really have to add into that movie, except for it made no sense, and it was entertaining. Yeah. I was I was curious whether... I uh, I was curious whether uh, uh, the... Some, having maybe some more history with uh, Double uh, Double Dragon, the video game, would help with that. I think I I did do some reading on I went I went and hopped on the Double Dragon Wikia and I did some reading on just some of the plot points, uh, some of the sparse plot points of Double Dragon, and maybe see if there was something I was missing. Right. Uh, not I think it was the one thing was that Bo Abobo was a reoccurring character in the video game as a mini boss, so that made it made sense as to why they have this balloon animal type. Uh, bad guy mm-hmm. turned good character in there, which he's never a good guy in the games, but they made him turn as a good guy in the movie. Uh, but I don't think that was documented because I don't think anybody ever expected them to make a second Double Dragon movie. So, so yeah. I, so when the movie did start, I did think I was starting to watch uh, the Avatar movie accidentally because of the papyrus font they used at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. At first, I, I really did. I was just like, is this the right movie? Actually, whenever it got past kind of like the the beginning part where it actually kind of looks like a kung fu kind of you know that kind of scene i was like okay yeah this seems right and then it changed into the future craziness i was like what is happening yeah but i thought i thought we were like in ancient china and when they showed the beginning part it was like it looked like old school ninjas uh versus like these old school monks yeah and then uh then it's like oh that was modern day, uh, like right now, or the year 2007. So it's, uh, this is not like thousands of years ago. This is like the year 2007. So it was only 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah, which is, that's weird to think about. But, uh, but yeah. So uh, better than Hardcore Henry for you? Uh, you know, if I had to choose between watching this again and watching Hardcore Henry, uh, I'd feel much more comfortable sleeping through Hardcore Henry than sleeping through this. So this movie made me want to fall asleep at several times. I had a hard time staying awake during this one. It's uh, it made me long for better, better, better versions of this. I've seen much better uh, action uh, kung fu type movies. Yeah. So uh, Hardcore Henry by by a mile for me. Yeah, sadly, I'd say the same. At first, yeah. I was entertained, and then I got pretty bored. So, they face the plot points out way too much in this movie. There's just not much going on. Yeah. Um, who's your MVP for it? Uh, MVP for this movie. My MVP for this movie is gotta be uh, it's gotta be uh, Boa Bobo. He, I mean, he lives with such a weird name and becomes a balloon animal. But hey, he's 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 rocking it. So. Yeah, I'm going to say, I, I don't remember how to say his name, but the bad guy. Uh, uh, not Satori. Uh, Shuko. Uh, Shuko, yeah. I really like Shuko. I thought he, even though, like, he really talked himself up. He's kind of like the classic bad guy, talking himself up about how great he is, but then he actually just really sucked. Yeah, um, and- 
he was let down by his, his support. He needs to hire better henchmen. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it wasn't necessarily his fault that he lost. Like his yeah his his crew really just fucking sucked. Yeah. But uh, one thing that you liked. One thing that I liked is one thing about this movie that I liked is it made me wish I was watching Three Ninjas. I remember that. I started thinking about that movie from the 1990s. So one thing I liked is that it reminded me of better movies that I need to go watch again. So thank you, Double Dragon, for making me a better movie. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I like I liked just the, the comedy aspect of it. Even though it was really stupid the comedy parts it at least kind of helped keep me entertained more yeah so because if it was a straight serious movie i would have been just not actually been watching it but i think because there was some funny stuff it it kept me enough to actually finish this movie yeah it definitely didn't take itself that seriously but it didn't take it but it also didn't take itself seriously enough to the extent that it didn't have enough flesh on the bones you know yeah uh one thing that you disliked one thing that I disliked about this movie, uh, again, it's like the, there wasn't, there was just so much uh, the 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 chemistry between the characters just wasn't like there. The brothers, I could, they weren't likable. I didn't really care when they were just talking to each other and nothing was happening. That was just so boring to me. Uh, it's just I, I wasn't drawn in at all. It was just ah, it was just kind of like nothing was happening. It felt like to me. I didn't really care. Mine's pretty much the same thing. It's just nothing to really make you care about any of the characters, the story, nothing at all. It yeah. they tried so hard just to make it like a beat 'em up movie, but you didn't really care who won in the end. Like you're just like, yeah, okay, great, they won. Is this over? <laughs> yeah. Even even though the guy's trying to take over the city, the stakes still felt super low the entire time. Because the villain was not threatening at all. Like, so, like, if you look at the other, uh, if you look at, like, again, using the same guy, uh, the same actor, you look at, like, uh, T-1000 in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, he's a super, he's, like, a huge threat. Like, and you can feel he's, like, menacing the entire time. Shuko, however, not a threat. Yeah. I'm, you're not afraid of him. You're not, a, like, I don't know, you don't know why anybody should be afraid of him. Because he just gets his ass kicked every time. Yeah, and I mean, you know it's not necessarily an acting problem. It's probably more of the writing problem because some of these people yeah. are really good actors. So oh, yeah. They, they probably just given a really bad script. <laughs> All right. Uh, your, your classic uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you uh, You know, I'm foul? usually pretty forgiving for movies. What's that? I said, sorry, I mean, cheers or party foul. Yeah, cheers or party foul. You know, I'm pretty usually pretty uh pretty pretty forgiving for movies like this, and I'm usually like, all right, I'll give it a chance. I might watch it again. Maybe there's something I missed. Uh, but uh, you know, for this one, I don't recommend anybody see it. Uh, just take our word for it. We told you basically everything that happens. Party foul in my book. Yeah. It takes a lot. This movie didn't have much in it. Yeah, same for me. Party foul. No thanks. Don't do it go watch anything else but uh okay the movie is over we're we're done with that yeah it's like oh we'll get to do that one really quick because there's just not much there's just not much there to talk about 
it may have been an hour and a half long, but man, not much. There's not much there. No. All right. Whew, that's over with. Anthony, <laughs> what are you enjoying right now? What do you recommend? Oh, man. What do I recommend? What do I recommend? What do I recommend? Anthony, what do you recommend? Honestly, I recommend... Uh, I, I had a sale. I caught a sale on some Assassin's Creed games online. So I've been playing through the Assassin's Creed series again. It used to be one of my favorite series. I used to play every game when it came out. Uh, but when uh, when I saw the sale here, I, I, I don't think I've actually played an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag. Uh, so, and I think that was Assassin's Creed 4. There's been, I think, four more Assassin's Creed games since then. Uh, maybe five. No, I did play Unity. Anyways, I haven't played Assassin's Creed since Unity. So, I'm going to try playing these games again. And uh, I think I've, I just bought Syndicate. So, I'm playing Syndicate. And then I think there's a few more out there that I need to play. So, uh, that's my thing of the week, Assassin's Creed. I loved playing those games when you were... Uh, Ezio and uh, the in the first game, I forget what the guy's name was, but that, that's my thing of the week. I'm gonna try it out. Uh, you should too. Uh, it's it's been good in the past. It's a good, pretty good uh, adventure game and time travel. Look at old history stuff. So yeah, yeah. I always loved the Assassin's Creed. Those are really fun. Um, I'm actually gonna recommend a game too called Apex Legends. Um. I know I, I talked to you some about it before, or we texted some about it. It's a really fun game. It, it's kind of like, it's a mixture between, like, PUBG. So, like, you kind of get, it's a, you get dropped on an island, and the goal is just to survive with your crew. So you get dropped, you go down to the island, you find different weapons, different stuff like that, and pretty much try to kill the rest of the other team people um i played that one pretty much full day uh whenever i was just home I'll, that's pretty much all i did and it was it was really fun it was really enjoyable it's a good kind of like mindless game it's really good to play with your friends because if not then you just get grouped with a bunch of random people um yeah so i mean i think it's actually i know it's free on xbox live right now you don't need game pass or anything like that and it's a good fun game to pass the time and i'll probably actually play some of that today yeah i've never played those uh i've never played any of those big uh what do they call those games basically like deathmatch uh big uh like type fortnite uh pubg type game so because I'm, I'm i'm like typically very bad in the first person view type games my sense of awareness is like just junk <laughs> i because i'm like i have no peripheral vision i can't do that uh, but uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be into video games, it seems like there's more and more games going that way. So I'm gonna have to figure that out. I think. Yeah. So I'm, de- I'm definitely gonna try it out. Some of them aren't first person. I don't remember if this one is or isn't. I'd have to look. But I know PUBG you can play, so it's not first person. You can kind of pick your view. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a third person view kind of person. Yeah, I I, I typically am too. Yeah. Um. All right. So our next movie. So for our next actually episode, we're gonna have a special guest aboard. Do we want to tell them or make it a surprise? Make it a surprise. All right. So we'll be watching the platform. You can find that on Netflix, and we'll be chatting with our special guest next time. 
and uh yeah you guys can find us on pretty much all of these socials there's probably some socials i don't know about and i probably don't want to get on but anyways you can find us on facebook at let's do a podcast you can find us on instagram let's let's instapod twitter is let's tweet a pod yes that's it and on snapchat at never mind because we don't have them snapchat yeah i'm too old for snapchat i don't need that in my life uh tiktok are we on tiktok no we are not on tiktok i don't, I don't even know what really tiktok really is so um i think you go on there and do the plots and that's about it <laughs> uh as usual, if you're listening to this, it means we have your ear holes right now, which is a weird thing to say. But, hey, that's a part of me. So please uh, subscribe, comment, rate, share with your friends. Um, follow us on all the socials. If you have a movie recommendation, please let us know. We will. We are always looking for new movies to watch, especially if they're free, because that's all we want to do. Um any beer recommendations or if you want to send us beer we will do that too cool guys so thank you so much for hanging out with us uh and we will check on you guys later yeah we'll catch you next time i am anthony i'm ryan let's end this podcast boom <laughs> <laughs>